Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Such an open door into the Lord's heart this afternoon. Can you feel it? There's such an invitation to go into a deeper place with Him. All right. But there's also a war, right? And um, it's so important that we remember as believers, each and every one in this room, you were born into a war, right? And a lot of times, us as believers, we start living oblivious to the fact that there is a war raging over your life, there's a war raging over your children, over your future, over your business. Because we feel like if we talk like that, we're negative. No, you're not negative. You're just stating the obvious. I am deeply loved by God. Deeply. But I am deeply hated by the enemy. Right? And both is important to recognize. Not because I'm obsessed with the dark side, not at all. I don't really care too much about that. But there is a war, right? And sometimes it takes a bit of gr grit and determination and guts to press into what is available freely for every single believer. It's freely available, the kingdom, the presence, the face of God, the holy of holies, all of this is freely available to every single one in this room and to whoever wants it. But it does take drawing the sword and having the helmet of salvation on, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sandals of the readiness to preach the gospel, and to draw the sword, which is the Word of God sometimes, and step out and battle for what is your inheritance. Right? And I think the danger is that we, you know, we, where we work in our villages, it's really easy to see who's involved in witchcraft, who's not. Uh, you don't have to be a prophet. They just tell you, hey, this is me. You know, so it's kind of really simple. Uh, we're sacrificing animals and there's dead stuff all over. So it's not hard to recognize, like, hey, okay, you, you guys are great people, but you're part of the bad side right now, right? We're working on that, okay? So that's really easy. I think it's hard sometimes in an environment where it's not that obvious. And so easily we start thinking it doesn't exist, but it does exist. It's just very polite and it smiles at you and it knows how to say the right things and it looks more friendly, kosher. Can I, can I use that word? <laughs> it looks more kosher, but it's not. Right? Where there's poverty, these things are often obvious to see. Where there's prosperity, it's often not so much so because it's hidden and it's educated and it's intelligent. It's sneaky. But we have to be ready. We have to be vigilant to protect the inheritance that the Lord has given us. Right? We have to fight for what Jesus gave us. And you say, oh, brother, no, but Jesus fought for it on the cross. Yes, he did. But Galatians 5 verse 1 says, he says, 
if you've received your freedom, right? If you've received this freedom, what does it say? Twice. Therefore, stand. And then it goes again and it says, and stand firmly in this freedom so that it will not be taken from you so that you're worse off than you were in the beginning. And by the way, this is Paul the Grace guy. Hello, are you still there? And he's going, you have this freedom, but you've got to stand. Believe me, you've got to make good choices every day of your life to stand for what Christ died for. Freely you've received, yes, but stand. Stand, right? Stand, take a stand. Be aware that there is a war, right? Sometimes I the Lord allows me to feel stuff. So when I was in the worship in the beginning, I'm like, whoa, there's a lot going on in the room. And it's, I'm, not, I'm not thinking as you guys. I just sometimes pick up on the area. I pick up on the atmosphere. I'm like, you guys are in a war. I don't know if you realize it, but you are. This is not a joke. I know this feeling because that's home. <laughs> you have a bit of a fight on your hand. And you were handpicked by God to do it. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting. He actually thinks you can do it. <laughs> you might disagree, but he thinks you can. Because he has absolute faith in what he's placed inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is a lion inside of every single person in this room. Right? And what I want to do this morning, I was touching on that last night, and when I was praying this morning, I'm like, this is what I feel. I want to pull on that lion a little bit on the inside of you. Is that okay? I want to see that thing come to the forefront. Is that fine? All right. Remember I spoke about the fear of the Lord last night? We spoke about worship in spirit and truth. If you weren't here, we forgive you. You missed out. It was awesome, seriously. But anyway, you'll, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, but I want to carry on in that message. I spoke briefly for those of you who weren't here. We just spoke about 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, where it's the shift from Saul to the anointing of David, where God is speaking to Samuel saying, listen, stop mourning, stop grieving. I've rejected Saul. I'm going to anoint Jesse's son, the Bethlehemite, by the way. Isn't it cool that Jesse lived in Bethlehem? Isn't that just, doesn't that stuff like that just excite you? I'm like, Lord, you're so obvious. That is just so cool, right? Of course Jesse lived in Bethlehem. Where else shall he live, right? Just to solidify this beautiful lineage that goes all the way to Jesus. Just reminding us that there is a Savior, that David is awesome, but the greater one will come. Right? Isn't it amazing? God's just so awesome. These little things that he just leaves for us. Right? And he anoints, he anoints David. We all know the story. This great king arises. Right? That is a blueprint. I mean, he's called the, Jesus is called son of David. I mean, that's just wild. Right? Have you ever thought about that? That's bizarre. Like, God decides, I'm going to, I like you so much, I'm just going to call my son, who's God, by the way, I'm just going to call him your son. It's weird, right? That's how much honor he gets from God. And it's phenomenal. With all his mistakes, by the way. And 
pretty obvious mistakes. Let's not fool ourselves. It's pretty obvious what happened. You know, nobody's hiding those. It's quite up, out in the open. He didn't do great on a couple of occasions. But yet God loved his heart. Loved his heart. Loved his repentance. Yeah. Some of you need to really repent before the Lord. And I'm shooting it out there because I can feel it. Some of you are stuck in guilt. And God wants to remove it. And he's looking for a broken and a contrite spirit. True repentance is a turning away. It's a breaking of my heart. It's not I was caught out. Being caught out is not repentance. That just means you're sorry. Repentance is something that breaks on the inside because you realize that I didn't sin against man, but I sinned against God, Psalm 51. I sinned against the Lord, the Holy One. Right? And here's the beautiful part. On the other side of that brokenness, that repentance, that true humbling of ourselves before the Lord, grace and mercy waits with open arms to receive us, restore us, clothe us again with that cloak, put a ring on your finger, slaughter the fattened calf and say, welcome home, son and daughter. Right? Don't delay. Don't delay. Please don't. If you're busy with stuff, you shouldn't be Let's get out of it today. All right? Sorry if I'm talking to you like that, but I'm just feeling what the Lord is putting on my heart. I hope it's okay. All right? I lost track. Where were we? David. How awesome he is. Because he's a worshiper. Right? The awesome part of the story is that when Samuel anoints David, it's almost like the hand of the Lord in a fresh way coming upon the tribe of Judah. It's like this emphasis on Judah again. Because from who will the king be born? The tribe of Judah. Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah for a reason, right? Judah is the lineage. It's, it's the lion. And if I speak to you about this, I want you to see it again, those that weren't here last night and those who were here. So we're going from soul, fleshly worship, fear of man, and God goes, I'm not into that. No, thank you. I'm going to anoint this guy. He's called David, but he's representing something. He's representing worship in spirit and truth. He's representing somebody that understands the fear of the Lord. But also, it's my hand, it's my anointing falling afresh on the tribe of Judah, right? And if I should ask you in the room, if you've been saved for longer than two weeks or so, you know that Judah immediately means to you worship and praise, am I right? That's what it means. And that is part of the meaning of the word Judah. It's, it's the hand that is lifted, it's to throw away, it's to cast out, right? It's, it's the lifting of the hand to the Lord. So, so it's fitting that it is the tribe of Judah, right? It's fitting that the shift goes upon them 
and they become the leader because it's praise and worship. How do we enter the presence? Psalm 100 verse 4. We enter his gates with praise and his courts with thanksgiving, right? It's, it's, it's that whole atmosphere of, of heaven that's ignited through a heart that is set on worship in spirit and truth, but it's also the high praises of God and the deep worship of the Lord, right? Psalm 22 verse 3 says he inhabits the what? The praises of his people, right? So something happens when a company is worshiping like we just experienced, where God says, because it's phenomenal when Jesus speaks in uh, Matthew somewhere, and he says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has what? Has nowhere to rest his head until a company of people will lift the praises of God so that he will indwell that very place. So the resting of his head is on a company of people will understand deep worship, right? That's what he's looking for. And he's calling us that place. So last night, talking about worship, speaking about intimacy, speaking about people seeking his face is important because it's part of this whole shift into this Judah anointing, right? So Judah becomes the lineage. Judah becomes the very one that births Christ into the earth. If you want to see a movement of Jesus birthed on the earth, you've got to understand what Judah represents. And we've got to become those people again, right? People of praise, people of worship, people of adoration, people of the one thing. But sometimes to get to that place, it is a battle. Because who knows... I want you to think about it. If worship is what we were made for, if I ask you, are we made for worship, everybody in the room will say yes, right? That's what we were created for. We were in God's image and His likeness, made for worship. That is your destiny. That is your calling. That's the greatest thing we can do with our lives. Agreed? Remember the Pharisee asking Jesus, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? Matthew 22. And what does He say? This is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your understanding. And then, so what's the first thing? It's the first thing. It's simple. It is the greatest commandment. You were made for that. If something about that connection with Jesus is what you were birthed for, are you guys, it's Sunday afternoon, are you, are you with me? All right. You were birthed for that. Why? Because out of that union with God, the image and likeness of Jesus Christ starts radiating out of you onto creation. And what does that mean? It means dominion, right? It means that we can actually do what we were made to do in Genesis 1, which is subdue creation, subdue the enemy. Agreed? So the greatest thing under attack in your life will be intimacy. Because Satan, we don't respect him, but he's been doing what he's doing longer than you and I have been doing what we've been doing. So let's just give him the benefit of his experience. All right? Agreed? He's been doing this for a while. He knows that if I can get you out of intimacy, if I can get you out of worship, I have you exactly where I want you. Because that means you're exchanging the image of the Creator for the created. Romans 1. They've exchanged the likeness 
of the Creator, and they started glorifying the created. So the fleshly realm, the world, becomes more important than that which is in heaven, which is the superior realm. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto Him. Agreed? And then He gives it to us. Go into all the world. Do you agree that you have authority? Yes. Do you agree that you have a lot of it? Yes. That's the right answer. I know what they believe because I know who they're part of, so I know we all believe that, right? But do you understand that your belief system, whether it's right or wrong, you will authorize, you will give power to what you believe, even if it's a lie. Because as children of God, we give authority to watch what we believe. That's why you are so powerful, and that's why it's important that you fight for intimacy so that you are walking in the truth and the light of revelation, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? Intimacy is the battlefield in this hour. Because if I'm standing and we're going through worship and everything is going like this around me, right? You can feel it just swirling through the room, all this stuff, and it's not of him, and I'm, it's not of you either. That's not the point. The point is there's a battle, and it takes a moment to shift into that place and go, okay, here's my focus, but it does take drawing the sword of the Spirit and holding that, uh, that shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, and standing in the presence. And that way, God starts moving in our midst. It is the battle over this arena. That's why Judah is necessary. It's the praise, right? But Judah is something else. He is a lion, right? Judah is a warrior. Judah is a little bit scary the more you read about him. Judah was fierce. Genesis chapter 49, are you okay with this? Is Jacob prophesying over Judah, over his sons. He's going through all of them. The blind old man that can see really well. He saw pretty well. And this is what he says to Judah. He says, Judah... Verse 8, chapter 49, verse 8, I'm reading the Amplified. It says, Judah, you are the one whom your brother shall praise. Right? So there's this leadership authority on Judah. There's something about Judah that lifts him and it releases honor around him. He's a leader. Right? Judah leads. And often in Scripture, you will see how the tribe of Judah goes out first. They go out first. Let me pause here because I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. Numbers chapter 10. It's going to mention it. You can go and study. It's an awesome chapter. Numbers chapter 10. It's the first time where you see Israel moving away from Mount Sinai, right? And they're about to move on on their journey to find the promised land. And it's the beginning of that process. And if the whole thing is the trumpet is blowing, 
right? The silver trumpets is blowing. The Ark of the Covenant needs to be carried. But there's three tribes that goes out ahead of the Ark, right? So these tribes usher in the glory of God. Are you with me? They usher in the presence. Friends, we are looking for a company of people that will usher in the glory of the Lord into your city, into your school, into your area of work, into your marriage, into your family. This is what we're looking for. They go before. Judah is number one. So the cloud lifts. Israel knows, okay, here we go. Can you imagine, just for a minute, can we just play the game? Can you just imagine that? We're all sitting out in our RVs, because I'm living in one. We're camping in our RVs. We're having a great day, having a bit of a barbecue, right? Marshmallows, s'mores, whatever it is. Doing that, and yeah. And the next minute, the cloud lifts. And we're like, okay, pack it up, guys. We're going, right? Everybody pack it up. Here we go. The ark ready. Presence is ready. Okay, Judah, you go first. Issachar, you go next. Zebulun, you're next. And then the glory will come. And we're all sitting. We're just going, where's the cloud? Okay, let's go. That's how we should be. That's how in tuned we should be, by the way. And only intimacy will produce that. Because I don't know about you, but I don't have a personal cloud at the moment that's moving that I see. It's unfortunate, but I don't. Working on it, right? Maybe next time we'll have it going. Judah leads. Next part of that verse. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Judah is a conqueror. Judah has his hand on the neck of the enemy. He's a lion, right? I know lions. That's my world, right? (laughs) They're not walking in the street. Sorry to disappoint you. But they are around. Lions are fierce. There is just nothing like them. There is nothing in creation like them. I spoke to a guy, there was a tiger, an Indian tiger, and they are glorious, they are bigger than the lion. I said, who will win the fight? He says, lion, any day. Any day. A lion, the, everything about him, his approach, the way he, he, he prowls, the way he hunts, everything about him, he is the alpha predator. Do you hear me? There is nothing like him. Tiger, ambush animal. Lion on the attack. He prowls. He attacks. He's just different. And when that lion roar, if you're in Africa and you hear that lion roar, everything goes quiet. All the other animals just silence down, right? They are different. They are glorious, right? They are fierce. And the lion of the tribe of Judah lives in you and me. He lives in you. A lion that doesn't hunt is a horrible, fat thing, right? It's just, that's, they, it is, can I tell you a story? We, we, I took a guy to, um, there was a lion farm close to our home to be little cubs. Little, I mean, five months old. That thing is not little, by the way. Oh, my gosh, right? Cute, beautiful, you want to play with it, but, mm. So this guy, he's American, and we're, we're kind of playing, awesome guy, good friend of mine. We're playing, get, go inside, you rub the cup, play with the cup, it's so much fun. 
And, um, and he's playing, and the, you know, it's like a cat, you know, so he's on his arm, and he's kind of chewing his arm a little bit and all of that, playing, playing, oh, so cute, so cute. And I'm standing in the distance, and I'm thinking, I don't trust you, that, not him, the, the cat, because <laughs> I know what he is. Do you hear me? I know what that thing is. Playing, playing, the next minute, very playfully, very playfully, that little cub jumps up, Straight for the jugular. That's what they are. Do you understand? Lions are lions. Whenever they're enclosed or not enclosed, that is who they are. They are fierce. I want to propose to you, God wants to release an anointing on us today where we are exactly like that. Fierce. Hand on the neck of the enemy. And I'm not talking politics. I'm talking spirit, I'm talking cancer, I'm talking evil, I'm talking the occult, I'm talking witchcraft, I'm talking forces and principalities and powers that's waging war against you. And God says, who's going to take a stand? Because Judah will take a stand, trust me. Judah stands up and says, that's it, I'm done. Right? Hand on the prey, on the neck. I need to watch my time. He says... Your father's son shall bow down to you, Judah, a lion's cub. With the prey, my son, you have gone high up the mountain. Isn't that something? Judah gets the mountain, right? Judah understands that the authority comes from the mountain. It's those that can sit in the high place, sit with God, worship face to face with the Lord, and something about the power of that anointing is enforced on our lives when we rub shoulders with the great lion of Judah himself, right? He understands the mountain. And he takes the prey up the mountain. Isn't that awesome? Stop fighting down here. Stop fighting down here. Get up into the heavenly places. Get in the realm of the Spirit. Fight your battle there, right? That's what Judah does. He's fierce. He's bold. He understands where his power comes from. And it's not from this world. It's from a different reality, right? He says, he stooped down. He crouched like a lion. And like a lion, who dares rouse him? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Who dares? Right? We have a saying in South Africa, you're playing with the it's, it's badly translated, but in my language it works. It says, you're playing with the lion's tail. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. It's always when the, old, when the young children are playing with the old men, like you're playing with the lion's tail. Don't do it. Right? Don't. Don't rouse the lion. Right? The problem is we don't know we're lions. We don't realize that got to be awakened to who you are. The scepter, listen, this is powerful. The scepter of royalty shall not depart from Judah. I want you to say thank you. Say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that the scepter of royalty, say that, thank you for the scepter of royalty, that it shall not depart from us. Thank you, Jesus, for the scepter of royalty. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. 
When Esther wanted to approach the king, remember the story, that scepter was everything. The way that thing points, it's everything. You have a scepter, son of God. You are royalty, daughter of the Most High. You have authority because of who lives in you. You have it. Nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. This is so powerful. Until Shiloh, the blind man is prophesying the Messiah. Until Shiloh, the Messiah, the peaceful one, comes. And to him, Jesus, shall be the obedience of the people. You see what happens when we stand up in authority? People start turning toward the Lord. That's what happens. It's what happens when we hit that scepter of authority and we stand as sons and daughters of God, lion-like in our nature, and people start turning to Christ because they're seeing power and they're seeing royalty and they're seeing something about the nature of the Messiah. And they go, we want that. We want that. That is what we're desiring. Right? Friends, He wants to release something powerful over us today. The rest of that scripture is awesome. I'm not going to go into all of it, though. Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues them. A lot of people say that's running, by the way, just jogging for, for health. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Right? Boldness. Lion-like nature, authority, right? Bold as a lion, making a stand for God. And like I said last night, it just starts in your family. Lions don't allow, don't allow hyenas to get into the tribe. They don't. But some Christians allow stuff in their home. That is not part of the family. It's not part of who we are. It's not part of our kingdom. But for some reason, because the peers are doing it, and this group is doing it, and that group is doing it, we feel, oh, it's okay. No. The righteous, the righteous are bold as a lion. And I'm telling you, a lion is watching his tribe. He's watching his pride, and he's not allowing anything in there that is not like him. Hang out with lions, friends. Hang out with people that brings that authority out of you in this hour, because the church needs it. We need that. We need a boldness. We need a fire to fall on us again, where we roar because the lion in heaven is roaring, and everything goes quiet, and they go... There's something about that sound that we need to listen to. There's truth there. Right? God is looking for this company of people. Are you okay? The lion, I believe, right, functions in the spirit of might. Isaiah 11. The sevenfold spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom and counsel, understanding and knowledge, might and the fear of the Lord. 
the spirit of might. It is a powerful thing that comes upon the body of Christ, and there's an authority released that breaks chains, it breaks yokes, it brings deliverance where it goes, right? This is who God made us to be. The lion functions in that. And can I tell you about some lions in Scripture? Again, think of this young man called David that just got anointed in our story. 1 Samuel chapter 16. The very next chapter, 12, 13, 14-year-old boy. We're not exactly sure his age. He walks out. The whole army of Israel is afraid, shaking because they see a giant. We know the story, guys. But have you thought about it? And a boy, a boy, walks up to the king and says, who is this Philistine that is defying the God of heaven? Who is this? He says, I'll go out. Is that not the lion? Is that not the tribe of Judah roaring through this young man? And what was it birthed in? What was he doing at the, at the sheepfold? Worshiping, writing songs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. And that anointing is awakened inside of him. Joshua, be bold and be very courageous, Joshua. And he's a man of great exploits, taking land that nobody else could. Paul, standing in front of a city and saying, listen, your God means nothing in Ephesus. That thing is not powerful. There is one. Jesus, roaring out of a grave, roaring out of a grave, and a resurrection life is released as the Father raises him up. And forever, the Lion of the tribe of Judah is enthroned. That's what lives in us. That's what lives in us. God wants to awaken that in a fresh way. In a fresh way. I am sorry to disappoint you. I'm not the biggest hunter in the world. Right? I love meat. Please shoot it. I'll eat it. Right? It's just if I have to choose, I'll probably choose something else. Not because I don't like blood. None of it. I just don't love it. Right? I hate fishing, especially from in the, oh, it's so, I don't know, get stuck, fix it, change. I'm not, I don't fix cars. I'm sorry about that. Do you, I'm not the macho guy. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But I know you see a lion. The beginning of last year, I'm invited to preach at a group of men, 3,000, 4,000 men, all of them farmers. Now, a South Afri- I'm sure an American farmer too. I'm just giving you a backdrop. A South African farmer is a different creature, right? The competition among them is who can wear the shortest shorts. It's a super weird thing. I don't know why, right? It's bizarre. I don't get it. Like we always joke, if it's really cold, they wear two pairs of shorts, right? That's what they do. They are tough. Oh, my gosh. Work. I love them so much. They're my friends. They're amazing. So tough, but they don't show a thing. They're just like this. Like this thing shows more emotion than most of them, right? So I get invited to speak to three or four thousand of them, and I'm thinking to myself, self, you're not the right guy for this crowd. <laughs> right? 
But you know what? As I walk up and I feel the presence of the Lord, this boldness comes upon me. And the lion of the tribe of Judah is released, and the fear of the Lord fills that field. And 3,000 men go dead quiet, weeps because of the lion that's in me. It's not me, it's him. Right? It's not, it's not about what you look like or what you. It's not, none of those things matter. It's about the authority of something that is so much greater than us that is alive in us. Right? The spirit of might is important. I'm going to tell you one story, then I'm done. I'm standing, I'm, I'm preaching in Cape Town somewhere. Sorry, I know you've heard this before. And I'm preaching, I'm preaching in a service. It's going well. They look at me like I'm an alien. That happens quite often. So I'm like, okay, I'm just acting like everybody's on the same page. I just keep going, right? It's like my wife always asks me, did you have a good time? I'm like, I'm always going to have a good time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to enjoy myself, right? So I get to talk about Jesus. So what's not to love? It's not hard to have a good time. So I, I, I'm preaching, and God is moving. The, the day before, people are getting healed. It's pretty exciting. And uh, the next morning, I'm preaching again, and people are excited now because good healing started taking place. Their, their faith levels are high. They're really believing Jesus is going to touch them. So I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. So people come out, start praying. Lots of people come to the front praying for them, praying for them. And there's a lady right there in the corner. She's way off on that side. And she has palsy, so her hands are twisted, everything. She's, she's coming like this, right? And I'm praying for everyone, and the next minute my eye catches her, and this boldness rises up inside of me. I'm like, this is happening today, right? And that doesn't always happen necessarily. I always believe that God's going to do it, but it's something different that morning. Does it make sense? Something came over me. I believe it was the spirit of might and faith. I think they go hand in hand. And I'm just like, forget about the rest. No, I don't want a headache today. I want that. Right? So I go over to her, and I go, and she's the sweetest lady. She's 55 years old. Her caretaker was standing behind her, and um, hands like this. And I go, I go, come here, lady. And I'm just kind of talking, just trying to relax everybody and get everybody calm. And I say, you know what? Those hands look like they are going to struggle to praise Jesus. We need to fix that. She just goes, you know, smiling. Yeah, yeah. And I take her finger like this. I was actually preaching about Judah on that weekend. Not exactly this, but I was preaching about praise. And I take her finger like this, and I say, no, no, no. Let's go. Let's praise the Lord. And I lift her fingers up like this, and the next minute, both hands. So I, I take a step back. I'm like, oh. Hands go down, they go in again. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not right. Everybody's crying now. The whole room. The caretakers. Because that is not possible. I do it again. I pull the fingers. I say, let's praise Jesus together. And she lifts those hands and she leaves it and the hand stays. The next morning I get a photo. For the first time in 55 years she was able to wash her hands under a tap with open hands. Isn't that glorious, right? Now, that's awesome. But you know how scary that was? The fear of the Lord came on me. I remember it happening, and I look at it, and I took five steps back, and I'm like, he is here. 
because no one else can do what I just saw. You see, I want that when we walk into places. I want that authority, that might, that reverence for God to come on the body of Christ so that we can usher in the glory of the Lord, fearless. The righteous, did you hear that, by the way? Righteous. Friends, I get our theology. I'm part of it. I am the righteousness of Christ because of the cross. I believe that with all of my heart. But you have to work out your salvation. You've got to slaughter those little foxes. Do you hear me? Get rid of the little foxes. Get rid of them. The righteous are bold as a lion. Something happens when we walk in holiness. There's just freedom in our hearts. We're just bold. We're unafraid because I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to lose. I don't have anything to prove to you. This is me. You understand? Something about that is so liberating. And it allows something to roar out of you like never before. Let's work this stuff out in our lives. But the righteous are bold as a lion. And I believe God wants to release boldness. I believe He wants to release might. Spirit of might. Are you okay with that? I, I would like that, all right? If you don't want it, I'm going to pray for myself. All right? I believe He wants to release authority over you. Because some of you have situations that you need to roar over. You. There's a lot that can happen from here. But you have a job. You have stuff that you need to do. Some of you need to kick some hyenas out of the pride. Because they don't belong there. Stop being intimidated at your children. Your, their parents. Lead them. They don't know. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care. They don't know. They think they do. You're the shepherd, not them. Shepherd them. All of them will eat ice cream for breakfast, am I right? All of them. It doesn't make them bad, that just makes them children, but they need leaders. Shepherd them. Be a lion over them. Get the enemy out of the house. And if it's called Netflix, get it out. I'm not saying it is, but if it is, get it out. If it's called a smartphone, get it out. I'm on a tangent. Oh, I should stop, all right? <coughs> it fascinates me. I know 50-year-olds that cannot manage a smartphone. But we give it to 16-year-olds and think they're going to do it. What? 50-year-old pastors that I know can't manage that thing. And we think a 16-year-old can do it? Get the hyena out of the house. There's freedom available under the roar of the lion. I'm so sorry about that. Just slipped out. I'm still, I'm new here, I know. I'm supposed to take it slow, but ugh.
Can I pray for you? Let's pray and stop talking before I mess it up. <laughs> Let's stand. Now we have a bit of a time restriction. I want to be sensitive because I know there's more groups coming in. So I'm going to do two things. First, maybe more than two, three things. Number one, I felt that thing about repentance. If there's stuff, please let's deal with it today. And it's not, it's not, you're not evil, you're not bad, it's, not, it's none of that. It's just you're human and you're struggling. It's okay. We struggle, all of us. We have to make choices. But it starts with saying, I'm sorry, Lord. <coughs> so if you need to repent of stuff, can you do that? Just close our eyes. And guys, we always think it's about adultery and pornography, and of course. But if you are stuck in fear, let's repent. If you are believing lies about your identity, let's repent. Right? If you're, if you, if you're slack in your relationship with God, you've gone cold, let's repent. Is, is that okay? Let's just, just be open before the Lord. Right? So Lord, we just bring our stuff to you, God. And we confess, we repent, we admit that we have not sinned against man. We have sinned against the Lord of all creation. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, have mercy on my soul. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. Can you say that? Just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wigglesworth said, if I'm not growing every day, I'm backsliding. Or I'm sorry, God. I want to burn for you. Forgive me. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for hope. Thank you for change, Lord. Thank you for the empowerment of your spirit to overcome whatever battle they are facing, God. Help them today. We invite your counsel. We invite your help in Jesus' name. Freedom over every person in this room in the name of Jesus. Second thing I want to pray. I want to pray for the anointing of the tribe of Judah. Is that okay? So, stretch out your hands. Put your hands on somebody next to you. Whatever you want to do that's going to make you feel like this is happening. Right? <laughs> Let's do that. But Father, I thank you that the Lion of the tribe of Judah lives in us. Thank you that the great Lion... The King of all kings, Lord, is roaring over my life, is roaring over this family, is roaring over this church today, is releasing the promises and the destiny of God, is releasing, opening the scroll that nobody else can open. It's only the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It's only you that can open our destiny. It's only that authority that can set a life on course into what you have for us. And Lord, I pray for that anointing of the tribe of Judah just to come upon us. In Jesus' name, fill this room in the name of Jesus. Fill every person. Release boldness. Say, God, give me boldness. Give me courage. Give me leadership. Help me to take a stand. Thank you for the staff. Thank you for the scepter of royalty. Thank you that I am royalty. Roar through me, Lord. 
In the name of Jesus. Shotabakiti Baba. In Jesus' name. Let's pray in the Spirit a little bit. Keep on inviting this. Kumbra Senta Robo Shontarararaba. Shekatalaraba Senderebo. In Jesus' name. Authority, Lord. Authority over us, Lord. Boldness. Forerunners of the glory. In Jesus' name. Fill us, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.